Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Off of the Couch podcast. Maggie here. Dr. Steve Hewlett and his wife Teresa joined me for a conversation on what and what not to eat for good health. Dr. Hewlett wrote a book called Your Plate is Your Fate. Here are Dr. Steve and Teresa Hewlett. I um, did a little research and I thought, oh, I don't have time to read the book. But then I did get the audiobook and I listened and I was so impressed with the book. Oh, you know, nice. it's just such clear language and explains all the processes going on in the body. And, you know, and I think it is good for lay people, but I also think it would be good for doctors because oh, yeah. um they don't know the nutrition part where, you know, lay people don't know the processes. And, right. and uh, so I, I was very impressed with mm-hmm. the book. So. Nice. Good. Well, good. Well, thank you. Yeah, we did you actually finish it? I did. You did? Oh, are you lying to me? <laughs> I'm not lying. Well, I finished it this morning. So <laughs> I wasn't no, my wife's sure. going to listen to me talk for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure I was going to finish it, but then I had time and I yeah. listened. That's the nice thing about audiobooks, though, that you can, you do know, you can do other things and be commuting. And no, uh, I haven't listened a little bit at work. Don't tell anybody that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oops. <laughs> do you want to start by telling your story? How did you, um, I believe you were a doctor of pharmacy. Is that correct? And right. then you right. had a, had a big change in your perspective. Do you want right. to tell the story? Um, it kind of, it kind of started I've been a doctor of pharmacy for the last 32 years, and I started working in a hospital here back in 92, just after I got out of my pediatric residency in Charleston, South Carolina. And then I started there and I worked at the hospital for the next 29 years in pediatrics. And the first 14 years in the pediatrics, but the last 15 years, I became the supervisor of the second and third shift. And so I moved to the night, the graveyard shift. And while I was on pediatrics that first 14 years, we did a, an annual pediatric seminar where we would bring, you know, all the physicians and pharmacists and nurses and, and first responders and everybody in for a full one day sem- uh, seminar. And we'd all give different talks. And I gave four talks at those that first 14 years I was there on peds. But then the last 15 years, once I we went to the graveyard shift, I never talked to, for those meetings anymore until about four years ago. And they contacted me and asked me if I'd come back and talk again and wanted to know if I would talk about childhood obesity. So I told them I would. So I put together a talk for, you know, obesity and uh, it's all the same old, you know, the food pyramid. And if you want to lose weight, you have to decrease calories and exercise more. And, you know, you have to eat a, a high carb, low fat, no fat diet. And I thought, well, and so I put that talk together and I thought, well, just for the heck of it, let me go back and see if there's anything new in the literature. Wow. And there is there there is a ton of information that I never, ever knew was out there. And that's how the physicians are, too. You just we don't get nutrition in, in med school or in pharmacy school or nursing school, anything. We don't get that kind of nutrition and a lot of the nutrition information that's out there. You got to be careful of it because a lot of it is, is funded by the food companies. So you have a lot of really bad misinformation out there because they're trying to build the bottom line, not try to make you healthy. So once I learned that 
my first talk I was getting ready to put together was absolutely the worst thing I could have been telling them. And it's uh, that all our nutrition science goes totally against what our dietary guidelines were from 77. So I got rid of that talk and came up with a whole another talk. And I presented that instead. And afterwards, a lot of people came up to me afterwards and said that uh, they love this information. They'd never heard this before. And they thought I should write a book. So I came home and I told Teresa, my wonderful wife, mm-hmm. and uh, she agreed. So she took, we had my talk videotape. So she took that videotape, sent it in. They transcribed it. And when I got the transcription of my talk back, I was like, man, I've almost got the backbone to a book right here. So I just took the transcription, just went in and started filling in all the other information that I, you know, you can't put into a one hour talk. Mm-hmm. And so then the book, we finally got the book out in March of last year, March of 22. And then I, but I still wanted to tell more people because I thought this is absolutely crazy because all my life I've been taught, you know, what medications give for what disease states, what medications give for the adverse effects of the other medications and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Never was I taught that you could totally get off medications most of the time just yeah. by changing your nutrition. And there's wow. so many people who have done this. So I told my wife, told Teresa that I wanted to, to get it out to more people. And so she suggested I did a podcast which I knew nothing about podcasts mm-hmm. either. So I went ahead and I learned how to do podcasts. We learned how to do podcasts and um, did that launch our first one in December of last year. So we launched the book and the podcast in the same year. And now that's what we've got the book. We're doing the podcast one. We drop one every Monday. And then, um, and now I'm going around giving talks also. If, if, you know, if anybody wants me to give a talk, you know, I've been trying to go around and do those. And the whole thing is just trying to get this out there because I mean, it's absolutely it, it was very, I, I actually retired early. Um, I retired last year and this had a lot to do with it. I, I, I started feeling horrible going into the hospital anymore, knowing that we weren't helping anybody. Yeah. And that really made yeah. me look at medications now and really very few medications cure anything. Unless you're talking about an infectious disease or trauma or something like that. Most of the medications that we take, 90% of them, all they do is fix the symptom of an underlying problem. And then every, every drug has more adverse effects. So now you're taking a drug for one symptom, but that actually causes other adverse effects. So now you have to take another drug to, to counteract uh-huh. that. And it just keeps going and going and nobody takes care of the underlying problem. And now we found out the underlying problem in almost every case is we are not eating God-made food anymore. We're, we're eating nothing but man-made food. Food. Teresa and I call them, we've gone from being carnivores, herbivores, and omnivores to being processivores. And very, <laughs> very, very much God-made food comes across our lips anymore. And, and you can tell, ever since our right. dietary guidelines came out in 77, our obesity rates have skyrocketed, type 2 diabetes has skyrocketed, skin conditions, inflammation, cancer, cardiovascular disease, blood pressure. I mean, everything has skyrocketed ever since 1977 when our new dietary guidelines came out. So that lets us know we've been lied to. So it's, you do need meat. You do need red meat. You do need red fat. And the book goes into some of that, but actually I've I've actually learned even a lot more just since the book came out about how totally, how so healthy, healthy red meat and red fat are. Um, I mean, fat of red meat is and, Mm -hmm. and regular meat too, chicken, in, in anything God made, fish, chicken, eggs, all that, you know, that's the kind of stuff we should be eating. And it actually does heal our body. So that's actually nutrients to your body versus processed 
food, the ultra processed foods and the box bottle bag cans, all the stuff that man makes. It, it, it's it's killing us in so many ways. But anyway, <laughs> was that a lot longer than you wanted me to go? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Mm -hmm. And you're you're preaching to the choir. I um um my older child when he was young had uh, seemed to be allergic to like the yellow and red food yes. dye and um was he not reactive yeah and yeah. i and then it, eventually i realized that it's not food <laughs> yeah. and most people don't even realize that like i know it's banned in uh, europe you know but mm -hmm. in america it's in everything you know little crackers have yellow dye and oh yes and, um and red dye. Yeah. And we, we actually, one of my technicians, cause I still work. Um, I still work as a pharmacist. I just retired from the hospital, but okay. I'm still working PRN for a couple of friends that they have their own pharmacies and I'll just kind of help them out. And one of the technicians that where I work, her little brother and sister, they both were extremely hyper. They said they were just bouncing off the walls. And obviously the doctor wanted to put him on ADD, ADDHD meds. And they said that, uh, they heard about the red dyes. So they said, let us try this first, you know, for a month or two and see what this does. So they cut out all red dyes and those kids calmed totally down. They never yeah. got put on medications. They said it was amazing the difference that made. And actually her telling me was the first time I'd even heard of that because all this nutrition information is is new. But for the last four years, that's that's all we do. We listen to podcasts. We watch videos. We read papers. We read books. We go to meetings that's all we do is worry about nutrition anymore and how important it is. But, um, what's the, once that I found that out about the hyperactivity with the red dyes and I didn't know the yellow dyes did it too. Um, that just made me even more, um, happy that I'm doing what I'm doing is actually trying to explain to people what nutrition is all about and how important it is to eat nutrition and stay away. All ultra processed food has three horrible, horrible ingredients and everything, in, including bread, baby food, everything it's ultra processed carbohydrates which are horrible for your body because they keep your insulin levels high constantly high fructose corn syrup or sugar because one those also keep your blood glucose high but they also that you we are we are literally physically chemically addicted to sugar and the food companies know this that we're actually addicted to it my book explains how how we're addicted to it but they know that and they put that in everything even breads if you go out to store some of these breads some of these breads have like up to one teaspoon of additional sugar per slice of bread, even though it's already made with ultra processed flour, which is also glucose. So we're getting everything and, and they all have vegetable oils and seed oils and vegetable oils, the canola, soybean oil, safflower oil, all that Crisco, all that crud is extremely inflammatory to our bodies and the fructose that's in sugar is also inflammatory. So we have two things that keep our blood glucose high, which keeps our insulin levels high. And then we have two different mechanisms that's throwing inflammation in our bodies all the time. And when people are eating this food day in and day out, they're constantly putting inflammation in the body, constantly putting glucose in their bodies, causing glucose go up, which makes insulin go up. And the doctors tell you that type two diabetes is a blood glucose problem. So they give you all this medicine to drop your blood glucose. And they have everybody looking at their A1Cs and all this. And diabetes is not a blood glucose problem. It's a blood insulin problem. And other countries actually monitor insulin levels, but we don't. Oh, really? And the problem, the problem with that is the medications that we give for type 2 diabetes, the reason it works is it causes you to increase your insulin levels. 
So that's bringing your sugar down, but it's making your insulin levels stay high. And that's the key. That's what's really killing us is the high insulin levels. And there's a great book by Dr. Benjamin Bickman called Why We Get Sick. And he's a metabolic scientist. And that is that's all he did was he stayed in the lab and, and assessed insulin and how insulin worked on different uh, tissues in the body. And somebody just either somebody came across him or he came across somebody fairly recently, probably within the last four or five years, because he was new when we were starting. And uh, and he didn't realize he was like the key to what everybody has been talking about on the outside of, of high glucose and high insulins. And so uh, I learned a lot about insulin, reading that book and listening to him, watching his podcast and everything. And it really makes me sick because even like this new Ozempic and Rubel, which isn't new, I'm just saying that it just became a big marketing ploy yeah. here lately. But the same thing. The reason those work is because they raise your insulin levels besides the fact that it keeps food in your stomach and they're causing, that's causing all kinds of problems. There are so many adverse effects to all these drugs. It's just in my talk, I actually, I think I had four slides of just nothing but three columns of just adverse effect after adverse effect Mm. of of all these, you know, semaglutide, all all the, all these drugs really. But um, that's what they don't tell people. They tell you, yes, this is going to make you where you don't eat as much because you're going to make you feel full and then, and it's going to drop your blood glucose. So they're having all these people are watching their A1Cs coming down, thinking this is a miracle drug. They're not hungry. And the A1Cs are coming down, but what they don't realize is it's coming down because it's it's raising their insulin and the high insulin levels is actually forcing their bodies to store fat. So right now what they've done, the studies have been done so far show that even with these like semaglutide and all these, even though people are losing weight, by far, and I don't remember the percentage. Do you remember the percentage? Most of it is is muscle mass that these people are losing. It's not the fat. And because the fat, actually, if you look at it, the fat is actually going to be getting higher because it's raising the insulin levels and causing the fat. But nobody knows to look at that. All they know is they're not hungry and they watch their A1C is coming down. And they are there. And now another adverse effect that came out is gastroparesis. I guess there's a lot of people out there right now that are already having um, paralysis in the stomach. It just, it's paralyzing (laughs) because we're not supposed to come in and jack with God's, God's creation. <laughs> you know, I mean, some things that's good, but, but it's, it's gone way overboard. But let's talk more about um, what you were saying about muscle loss. And um, I know one thing I, I took in some notes on the book and you said that, um, well, I just made this note for myself, you know, that we think of extra fat on the body because we're concerned about our looks, but you really talk about, what the effects are of having that extra fat. Do you want to like explain oh, some of that? Yeah, definitely. And maybe key in here, Nathan, if you want to. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, yes, without a doubt, n- nothing in my book is talking about looks. I it, That's, that's everybody, that's your own thoughts, you know, whether you, whatever, that's your own thoughts. And, and that's great. I'm looking at the health and we used yeah. to think that fat cells were just a storage cell, you know, just stored fat. And that's all it did. And now we find out that is not true. Our fat cells actually, this creates several hormones. It, um, it, it, it produces estrogen. So a lot of our estrogen comes from our fat cells. So the more fat cells you have, the more estrogen you have floating around you, which they think that might have something to do with why we also have low testosterone levels. Now there's, there's a few reasons for that. Um, but it also, it, uh, fat cells also produce a lot of inflammatory cytokines. So just by having more fat cells on your body that are producing more inflammatory mediators means that you have more inflammation. So 
if you have sore ankles, sore elbows, headaches, sore wrists, or sore back, all that kind of stuff, it could be because of the increased fat cells. Not just the weight that it's putting on your body, but actually secreting these inflammatory mediators as well. And then there's another hormone that's huge that they just recently discovered called leptin. And leptin is actually secreted from full fat cells. And the purpose of leptin is leptin is a hormone, again, secreted from full fat cells, goes up to the medial hypothalamus in the brain and tells you that you're not hungry. So stop eating. So when they first found out about leptin, they were so excited about it. So they went through and they got all these obese people and they started giving them leptin shots, thinking, oh, this is going to make it where they're not hungry anymore. And come find out it didn't do a single thing because what they found out is obese people don't have leptin deficiency. They have they have um, leptin resistance. So leptin, when it stimulates hypothalamus and it, it's supposed to tell your body, I'm not hungry, stop eating. But now that we have leptin resistance because of all the fat cells producing so much leptin, that gets blocked off. So that's why they say or it's, it's said a lot that obese people aren't fat because they eat all the time. They eat all the time because they are fat. And that's why the fat is blocked in the leptin. But the other thing that they found blocks that leptin is that, which is still being looked at, but the thing, high insulin levels also block leptin. So mm-hmm. just the fact that you eat a carbohydrate, that all carbohydrates that you eat get metabolized down into glucose. So every time you eat a carbohydrate, it turns into glucose. Glucose, that causes your blood glucose to go high. That causes your insulin levels to go high. Once your insulin levels are high, you're telling your body you have to store fat. Because we and 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 in fact, I don't even go into this part of the book because I found out exactly why this is true. But there is a reason why um, high insulin levels force you to store your fat. You can't burn it, and when your insulin levels are low, it forces you to burn your own fat. You can't store it. So when you eat carbohydrates, make glucose glucose go high, make your insulin levels go high, and then that makes you store all your fat. And then when your insulin levels come down low, normally that would make you start burning your fat. But in us, and and what the processivores do is once their glucose levels go high, they start feeling cranky, loud, miserable, blah, 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 hangry, hangry. So what do they do? They go eat more carbohydrates, more ultra processed food, and it brings the insulin levels right back up again. So we're trying to teach. And in fact, we're working on a a program now that we want it to be out by January 1. It it will be out by January 1. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. But um, to explain people everything about this, exactly what's going on inside your body, what food does, so they don't have to think, oh, how do we know who to believe? Is it the, you know, pescatarians, vegetarians, vegans, carnivores, I don't know about you. There's so many different diets and ways to eat out there. So I'm not going by any diet. I'm going strictly God-made food versus man-made food. And and the book explains exactly why, because the ultra-processed food is, it is killing us. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Look around. I mean, yeah. if you look at the obese kids in high school now versus the obese, I graduated in 1980. Nowhere near did we have. And back then, it's already known as about 5% of obesity rates in in children, you know, less than 18, less than 19. And now that's gone up over almost 25%, about 24% of of children are obese now. And it's it's just, it's it's horrible. It's horrible what's going on. Because now that means their diseases are going to start earlier and everything else is going to start earlier also. So we're trying to get everything, you know, tell everybody that we can how important it is to eat real real meat 
real fruits, real vegetables, and stay away from the ultra processed food at all costs. You know, even if you do good, healthy food 80% of the time, you know, you're still going to be a lot better off than most people do. And then we explained to them different ways that you can actually keep your insulin levels low by not eating all through the day. Just have, you know, eat a couple times during the day and then just keep your insulin levels low the whole rest of time. And we've already been seeing great, great stuff. People are contacting us through Facebook and everything, saying that they've been doing this. They've been on medications. Now they're losing their medications. They've lost, you know, just since we've been doing, we've, they've been losing anywhere from, you know, 30, 40 pounds just in just in a short time period. Usually, usually a couple months, they can usually use 30 pounds in a couple months, two, three months, something like that. And, um, and they're, and, and they feel great doing it. That's the big thing. You right. know, when you see it right, you don't feel bad, you know? You feel yeah. like you have energy, you're clear headed, the weight's coming off, you feel good about yourself. So when you when you give your body nutrients, it's not hungry anymore. The reason we're hungry all the time, another reason we're hungry all the time is because all this ultra processed food, there's no nutrients. All it is is filling up your stomach and yeah. making you hungry so you eat more. Almost like it was designed that way. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Well, you know, um I uh years ago I took uh some people that needed a ride that um, I was asked to take them to their Weight Watchers meeting and they were they sell like um, little bars with pink sprinkles on them and little sugary um, smoothies yep. for breakfast but yep isn't that crazy <laughs> almost like it was designed <laughs> I know and the same thing our oncology hungry. units at the hospital our oncology units and our dialysis units they have sweets and everything out there for these poor people. They're thinking these poor people on dialysis and and in these cancer units and everything. And and let's give them some sweets to make them feel better, which really sucks because it does make people feel better. But they don't realize that that's what put them there in the first place, you know. And and nobody does this in the hospital's fault because I really don't think anybody in the hospital knows this either. Right. I, I would not have known this if I wasn't asked to give that talk and went out and actually looked in the literature to see because when you're in the medical field. All you get, all you get knowledge about, all the conferences you go through, the books you read, the pay, the primary literature that you do, almost all of it is funded by either the drug companies, or the food companies, almost every bit of it. So if there's anything against them, they're not going to put it out. Right. So we don't, we didn't even realize how biased all this information was because we thought, oh, you know, we have this great medical system, but when you in the United States we do have a great medical system, however. Our food system sucks. It is, it is it is horrible. And just like you said, other countries won't allow our food into them or a lot of the ingredients that we put in it. Yeah. Even a bag of Doritos. If you look at our bag of Doritos in the United States and a bag of Doritos in England, two totally different ingredients because they know how horribly toxic these vegetable and seed oils are. And in America, we put that in everything. And then they go worse and they go around and try to tell everybody how real meat is horrible. You know, oh, right. stay away from real meat. Have you seen the Tufts, Tufts, Tufts Food Compass? Yeah, the one that says it's good to eat uh, certain breakfast cereals. Yes, yeah, Frosted Flakes. Yeah, all the Lucky yeah. Charms. Those are much better. Those are on the to be encouraged. And when beef is at the very bottom, it's just our yeah. food pyramid. Beef and eggs are at the very bottom. I mean, they are lying. They are coming. And they know. Now they know that this isn't what I was saying on the medical field. That's the medical field. But the drug companies, the food companies, they know exactly what they're doing. And that's why they go through and they try to cheat everybody. They try to lie and they'll put, cause they know that avocado oil is very good. That avocado oil, coconut oil, and olive oil or extra virgin olive oil 
are the best oils you can have. And then lard and tallow, you know, real egg, real butter, real whole fat milk, not skim, 1% and all that. It's That's all chemical laden. But they know. So they'll do stuff. If you go through the um, lines at the grocery store, which we don't go through the middle of the grocery store. We, we don't buy food at the grocery store anymore. We buy it from local farmers. Um, but if you look and you'll see some kind of a salad dressing or something that says made with real olive oil or real avocado oil, and you pick it up and look behind, and the very first ingredient is going to say soybean oil or mm-hmm. safflower oil or some kind of some kind of vegetable seed oil. And then way down at the very bottom, because the ingredient list or the first ingredient is the highest concentration in the mm-hmm. in the food product, and the last ingredient is lowest. So avocado oil will be around the very last ingredient, and soybean safflower will be the top. But they promote it like this is hard, healthy avocado oil on the front of it. Right. And it just it makes me sick. It makes me sick. And that's why we want to go around and try to get the word out to people because your your money talks. You know, if you keep giving your money to the ultra processed food, you're going to keep making them be trillionaires and you're going to be sicker. So you're giving it to the ultra processed food and you're giving it to the doctor's office and you're giving it to the pharmacies and you're giving it to the hospitals. Or you could just say eat real meat from your local farmers and you can save all that money. So anyway. That's the way we look at it. <laughs> That's interesting. The uh, the uh, woman I interviewed last week from Idaho was very big on local food and had um, uh, been involved with something called the Beef Initiative, where I think that you can either buy your meat locally, but you can also get it shipped from these uh, ranchers, I think, in Idaho. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. So there's uh-huh. more coming available yeah. for yeah, people. Yeah, and we're that... fortunate where we are because we have – uh, ranchers here and so we buy beef like we bought a side of beef <laughs> just for the oh, two okay. of us <laughs> so it's in a freezer but it's nice it's and, nice to be able to do that and in fact there's a, a joel salatin is a he's a farmer that that does this he's he's like the epitome of farming everybody knows how great he is and and how good he does with all this stuff grass fed grass finished beef and then he sends it everywhere so okay. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where she's getting is from Joel Salatin. Well, there's a bunch. Yeah, there are yeah, a bunch. There's, there's several. There, yeah. but but, and that's how our we've got a local farmer, so we'll buy our side of beef from here, keep it in the freezer. And that way, we don't even have to think about what we're going to eat. It's not like you have to be plan the night before. We'll go down, pull some meat out of the freezer, and just let it set. And the next day, we'll cook it up, and we're done. That 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 was the whole thought process. And we want once to twice a day is all we eat uh, because we try to keep our insulin levels low. And, yes. we, and, and when, yeah, we eat it, we'll have scrambled eggs, like around two-ish scrambled eggs and with, with real butter, real whole cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She puts real cream in the our scrambled eggs. And then that evening we'll eat a meat of something, you know, since we get it, mm-hmm. we got a side of beef. I mean, this entire side of beef costs us with, with the, the meat, the processing, everything, it came out to about $6 a pound and we got ribeyes. We got sirloin steaks. We got, we got, we got everything. T-bone steaks, you know, KC trip. We got all kinds of meat and a ton of ground beef. Mm -hmm. And now we're done. Now we're done. We we aren't going to have to go to the grocery store for the, for, for the year. We're done. And that's all you got to do is just go down. Now, if you want to, if you want to go get some vegetables or fruit or something every now and then to spruce it up, you can, you can do that. But even that, we just buy local because you also you, you want to buy your fruits and vegetables seasonal. You're not supposed to have strawberries in December. You know that that's why our the the produce in the grocery stores are are not good and they're not they're not nutritious. 
because of all the stuff they had to do, the crowns, the crown, the grounds don't have, they don't have anywhere near the nutrients they used to because of the mass production. But when you buy local, they don't have that and they don't spray all the glyphosate and all that or, or check, make sure that the farmer you yeah. get it from doesn't spray glyphosate and all that on there. But if you do that, you will be buying seasonal because the farmers aren't going to be putting produce out <laughs> that aren't growing. So that, that one thing really changed us is quit buying food from the grocery stores and only buy our food from local farmers. And uh, it, that's, that's changed a lot. Yeah. And it's so, so cheap compared to eating all day long, you know, going to all these fast food restaurants, going to all these food well, and we, eating food that makes you hungry. We were uh, at the store one day, I don't know, a few yeah. months ago, and we were in the, you know, the self-checkout and the guy in front of us, his cart was full and he was complaining because he spent $150 and all he had was like Gatorade and chips and cookies and crackers. I We didn't see any meat. Yeah. We didn't, didn't see have any meat. vegetables, but if we would even eat that stuff. And if he didn't eat that, he, he wouldn't yeah. spend so much money. Everybody thinks it's so expensive. It's like, well, don't buy all of that other stuff. You don't even need it. See, I think that's a lot of, I think people get, which we do know, and that's part of what we're going to be talking about in our course also, is everybody likes to have a little story. They 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 like to feel good about themselves. So they have these little stories they tell themselves of why, if, if they're not healthy, this is why. You know, I, it, food is so expensive. I can't afford to eat healthy. That you, you just, you learn to prioritize. Because like I said, you have to put in, you have to put in all the food you eat every day, including all the fast food restaurants. And you have to include how much you spend on medications, doctor bills and hospital bills every month, because that's all part of it. Cause you can get off all of it if you just ate this way. Mm -hmm. And that we've, we found that a lot that people talk about how they don't. And it's just like exercising. I, we love exercising. We work, we work out, you know, we love to exercise. And there's so many good things for it. cardiovascular does really strengthen the heart, helps keep your, your blood vessels limber and everything. Resistance training is wonderful. Building muscle is wonderful. There's so many good things that muscle does to help you with your, with your health. However, if you're trying to lose weight, that is not, you don't exercise for weight loss. It, it doesn't work that way. Your body. And, and that's where my book explains how your body uses fat and how it uses glucose because our body has two different forces or forms of energy that we can use, but the way we eat, you know, we're, what we're supposed to do is eat fat for almost every, uh, our body eats fat, eats our own fat, use our own fat for our, our everyday energy needs. That's what we're supposed to be using. And then we're supposed to use our carbohydrates, our glucose, our little, we, we only have 10% of glucose stores in our liver. We're supposed to use that for our fight or flight energy. You know, if we're stressed, of cortisol causes your glucose to come out of the liver, raise our blood glucose level. Then our insulin levels come high. That puts the glucose into the muscles and everything where we, it can be used. And then the glucose comes down, insulin comes down. And then we're supposed to go back to eating our fat out of our fat cells again. But since we don't do that, the only energy that we use is our carbohydrates anymore. So our fat just keeps accumulating more and more and more mm -hmm. while we're just trying to live off this little 10%. And we, everybody knows we have fat cells all over our body. That one thing's got to tell you, if we if, if this is our energy source that we're supposed to live on and think of people who live back, you know, in the in the Native Americans, you know, or, or anything, you know, way back. If they were supposed to eat off their car, use their glucose stores for their energy source, they, they'd have to be eating all the time. And they didn't. Oh. They only ate once or twice and they ate real animal meat. They ate real animal fat. 
And so you don't have to, but when you carbs, you just constantly have to keep filling those up. And while you're replenishing carbohydrate stores, you're continuously replenishing all your fat stores in there also. So we want to get people off that. So exercising, when you exercise, um, we tell people first, just, just focus on food, focus on, we well, call it news. Well, and then mostly, just real go quick, ahead, just ahead, real, yeah. mostly a lot of the people that come to us need to lose at least 100 pounds. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? So they usually, not everybody, but we have a lot. And so we've heard that excuse a lot. It's like, oh, I can't lose weight because I need to get my knees replaced. Or Yeah, yeah we've heard yeah. that one a lot. As soon as I, I get bet. my knees replaced, so, I'm going to lose weight. So that's and that's right. yeah. Or it happens a couple times. Yeah, so that's why we say that. It's like, actually, no, you can lose weight without your knees being having the surgery on your knees yet you know you can actually lose weight by what you eat everybody yeah. seems to think that if they do not exercise they cannot lose weight and so that's why we kind of start that way it's like let's just work on the food part here to begin with and then we'll incorporate once you're feeling better maybe some walking and some weight lifting and and usually they come to us and they're just like you know i've lost 25 pounds you know what should i do to start you know lifting what? weights yeah, they you know, want to firm it up, uh, you know, once exactly. the weight starts so coming off. Yeah. Right. So that's why we say that. It's like, we just hear that a lot. It's like, oh, I can't lose weight because I can't exercise. I don't want to go to a gym. I can't afford a gym. And so that's what we're like. You don't have to go to a gym yeah. to lose weight, <laughs> you know, but you, we do encourage it. But yeah. And we, we call it the good news. N-E-W-S. Okay. Nutrition, exercise, water, and sleep. Okay. You just do those. You, you get your nutrition good, stay, stop being a processivore, go back to being a carnivore, you know, whatever you want to be. If you want to be a carnivore, omnivore, herbivore, doesn't matter. Eat God-made food. Um, and it, it, it does matter, but that's that's not our, our fight right now. But if you really do that and you really increase your water intake, because that's, that's the biggest thing. Everybody's eating all these sugar-sweetened beverages that are just the absolute i mean sugar in our bodies is, is is horrible our bodies do not like sugar think about how much sugar people use again i, I like thinking about the native americans i think like thinking of them you know roaming on the you know here in america even you know and the way they did is like we never ate sugar we never had carbohydrates like we do now and we it's in everything and our bodies aren't used to it our bodies don't like it and so anytime you put sugar into it, that's why it stimulates insulin to try to get that blood glucose out. And the insulin doesn't make your glucose disappear. It's not like it's a magic act. I mean, what it does, it forces it into your bodies. And the way it does that is it takes it all your excess carbohydrates that you take in. They go to your liver and your liver turns those into triglyceride and then it stores it a fat. So you think that so eating fat when you eat dietary fat, that is not what causes you to be fat. It doesn't work that way. It's the carbohydrates that you eat that the liver turns into triglycerides and then stores as fat. It's carbohydrates that are you making you fat. It is not fat. And this has been a lie that they've been telling for a long time. And again, you can just look around and, and see that that's what's going on. But um, so wait, so so water, as far as nutrition, that's what we say. As far as exercise, once you start losing weight, you what? And we know it because we've already had several people telling us this that have already read the book. Once you start losing weight the correct way, and it's not by decrease, you don't eat the same crud, the same ultra processed, toxic sludge. You don't just eat less of it. You know, I mean, think of it poison because it really is poison. And you're telling yourself, you know, well, 
I got to give a little bit of poison to my child because everybody else is eating poison and they need to, you know, they need to <laughs> know about it also. So they fill in with the other crowd. And that's what people do is like, well, I don't eat sugar that much myself, but I let my child have sugar when they right. want because it's so good. And, you know, they really need to think <sighs> of it as poison. How much poison do you put in your body before you realize, huh, you know, I don't have to put this in my body at all for you or for your children. So anyway, Sugar, that, that, that's the main thing. Exercise, yeah. we talked about that. Once you, once you start losing this weight, you feel better. You, you, you will want to exercise because you're going to have so much energy. You feel so good. You feel vibrant. You feel clean. You feel clear-headed. Your pains are gone that you used to have. We did it. We, uh, we're, we're, this, is, this is us. We, we've done it. We, we've done it. We know how we felt. And that's why, that's why we've started talking to everybody about nutrition. You know, and That's why people are asking us because they know that we went through the same process ourselves. And it's a totally different thing. And then sleep, you know, oh, water. We're talking about water, water, take whatever your ideal body weight is, not your actual weight. So if you know you're 150 pounds over or 100 pounds over, say, say you're say you're 250 pounds and you know you should be 150, base it off the 150. But you should take that 150, again, not your actual weight, but the, but the weight that you know you, you want to be. Take that weight, divide that by two. And that's the number of ounces of water you should be drinking every single day. And so we've calculated okay. ours and then we just get bottles. And then now instead of calculating how many ounces you're drinking every day, we just get a big bottle. I've got a 30 ounce bottle. And I know on non-workout days, I drink three of those in a day. And on workout days, I'll drink a fourth one during that day. And then we also will add electrolytes to it and salt and stuff like that, which that's a whole nother thing. You know, the, telling you salt's bad salt is actually mm -hmm. extremely wonderful for your body not everybody if you have renal if you have some kind of kidney damage and your kidneys yep. really aren't working well then you may have to watch your sodium but but one of the guys who we first found out about all this his name's jason fung dr jason fung he's an endocrine or a, a nephrologist out of canada and he wrote an awesome book called the diabetes code and then well first the obesity code and the next one's the diabetes code and that's what he was doing because as a nephrologist, a lot of his patients, he was putting them on dialysis and almost every one of the dialysis patients were on dialysis because they had type two diabetes yeah. because yeah. insulin kills the kidney. Insulin kills the liver, yeah. insulin kills your blood vessels, not, not kills it, but when you keep it high levels all the time, it does. We're not supposed to do that. And um, so once Jason Fung wrote that book and I realized how important this, how our insulin and, and all this, everything that's going on right now, that made us change. And that's another thing is the uh, sleep. So new nutrition, exercise, water, and sleep. And then the other one is sleep. People don't get anywhere near enough sleep. A lot of people actually brag, oh, I only got three hours sleep last night. You know, like that, that's a, well, you know, well, I got two hours sleep. Oh, no. it's, it's not a bragging rights thing. Sleep is right. so important. There's so many good things that your body clears clears metabolic waste out of your brain it clears metabolic out of your body it, it builds your builds your muscles a lot of things happen when you're asleep so you have to go through all the phases of sleep and get a good amount of sleep so that's what again that's what we're going, we're going to work on with our program is explaining people how important these are and we're going to monitor it every day you know how much did you get how much water did you drink how much how much sleep did you get you know what did you eat you know and and so that's all going to be part of what we want to do with the program and that comes out but if people do that, they're going to they're going to find out that they could actually feel great and not miserable like a lot of people feel nowadays. And it's really sad that people feel that way. And to know that you have the knowledge, you could change them around 
I feel if I didn't say that, I that's I'm not living out my God given passion by far. I mean, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. I've, I've wanted to help people with their health since I was in fourth grade. You know, it's just it's changed the way I've done it. You know, yeah. I you know first started off going to be a physician, then I switched want to be a, a clinical a doctor of pharmacy instead. Um, and now I'm getting out of all that, and I'm trying to explain to people the difference between sick care and health care. And now I yeah. realize that the whole hospital that really was sick care. All we're doing is putting band-aids in. You come in with some ailment, high blood pressure, whatever, and we'll give you medication to take that down. But nobody talks to you about the nutrition because we can't. We right. there's nothing a, a physician can do to keep food out of your mouth. You know, I mean that that's up to you to choose what you eat. And like Teresa said, don't use exercise as an excuse. And and everybody does because that that's that has nothing to do with your weight loss at this point. Just monitor the food, and you have one hundred percent control over what you eat. Yes, I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, I, I can see you're just a little bit passionate about this. Subject. Just <laughs> All right. Why don't you just tell uh, then the listeners where they can find your your different programs? Obviously, I think everybody should listen to your book or read it. But um, what else? You'd sa- it sounds like you ta- have uh, a coaching business now. And then you're looking at doing yeah, a course. We're, we're, yeah, we're getting we're getting one together. So that the that's not ready yet. But we okay. do have, you know, the podcast, Simple Healthy Choices for Weight Loss. And then and again, his, we drop a new episode every Monday yeah. with that one. And then he has his book, Your Plate is Your Fate. And um, and then we're on, um, follow Steve on all the social media. So Dr. Steve Hewlett, H-U-G-H-L-E-T-T. Mm-hmm. And Dr. D-R. I don't know if that makes a difference or not, but I figured that's what okay. they do. <laughs> They'll find you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a- it's a very good book, just really explains it in language that people can understand. And I like how you made a lot of analogies about like uh, the cardiovascular system. You compared it to like a tree so that we could yeah. like picture everything. Very, very good. Did that work for you? I was curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the analogies, there was a cut, there were a few of them and I found them very helpful. Good. I didn't know if I was um, going too much into the whole tree thing and everybody's like, what the, where the heck are you going with it? Like, no, because you can picture. Yeah, it, it makes it makes it make sense. So that's very good. good. And then now we're going around giving talks also. We just got that's back great. about three weeks ago from Virginia. We gave an hour and a half talk there. We live in Missouri. Uh-huh. Um, and then I've given several talks around here locally also. So whatever we can do to get the word out, because I, I really want people to get healthy. I want people enjoying life. Life, life is, life is wonderful. It, it is so fun. I mean, there's so many great things. And right now, I mean, so many people, you know, watching the news and watch social media and they, they are so focused on negative things and they don't realize yeah. that that is such a small minority. It's just the people you're that's feeding you that negative information. They're doing it with a purpose. <laughs> they want you to think that that's how everything is. But when you get away from that, when you pick friends that that are fun and loving and and looking looking to get better and better, everybody's striving to get better, and that's what we're doing. And you're eating better and you're feeling better. Life life is so fun, and I, that's what we really want people to do: is just realize how really, really, really fun life can be. And it's all your thoughts, you know. It's all your thoughts because there's always good things and bad things all the time, and just what you choose to focus on. So. Mm-hmm. that's what we want to do focus on the good things and help other people do the same
takeaways, I do highly recommend the book. I know it sounded like I was trying to butter them up, but I think everyone can learn from their book, Your Plate is Your Fate. What It tells what to eat and why, and it's explained in very plain language that makes sense. What started for me as trying to help other people look and feel better has really given me the understanding of how people have too little muscle and too much fat and how it affects their health. But I really like how they ended our conversation on a really positive and hopeful note. Thanks so much for listening to the Off of the Couch podcast. You can find me at offofthecouch.com. Take a small step. See you next week.